0: If you go with me to Psalm 13, I'd like to read that scripture today. We're going to talk about God and our disappointments. I want to talk about God and our disappointments. God and our failed expectations. The word of the Lord reads in Psalm 13, verse 1. We've been in the series, by the way, entitled Psalm of My Life, and so many of us are sharing with you psalms that really have spoken to us throughout Um, the seasons of our lives, of our walk with the Lord. And this psalm is is my psalm. This, This is the psalm of my life. It's one of the many psalms that God has really impacted my life with. It reads this way for the director of music, a psalm of David. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say I've overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, I just pray that you would speak life today to the rock, to our friends who are hurting, that your presence would teach us to grieve and sorrow in you. Your presence would teach us to trust in you, to entrust our lives to you. I ask for an anointing today to preach and receive this word, that we would hear it, that we would receive it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, we've been going through a series on the Psalms, we entitled Psalm of My Life. And uh, we said that the prayer, the Psalms are the prayer book of God's people as they strive to live the way of the kingdom, right? As we strive to live the way of the kingdom and wait for the promised Messiah. You notice that the Psalms are filled with prayers, Psalms are filled with focusing on the law of God and the nature of God and who God is and filled with the expectation of the Messiah to come that will restore the kingdom of God as God intended it to be. And so today, we're diving into a prayer of help. And it's a prayer written down by the psalmist David, King David. And it's a psalm that really has spoken to me throughout many seasons in my life. And the reason why it's spoken to me is because my life is filled with failed expectations. I want to let you know that my life, my life, I've had many disappointments. People who have disappointed me, circumstances that have disappointed me. And God at times apparently has disappointed my expectations of him. There have been times where God has not done exactly what I thought he would want to do. There have been times where God has not done what I thought would bring him the greatest glory. And boy, are there times where I simply did not understand and still don't understand why God thought that was the best deal. Now, in the midst of all that, I know that I'm not God. And I've never claimed to know better than God. In the midst of all that, I've been very aware of the fact that the Christian walk comes with its difficulties. And I understand that life is unfair at times. Understand that sometimes life just doesn't work out the way that we expected it to. And as a believer, as a Christian, a believer in God, who I can tell you today, I only stand here because of God. I am a believer in the faithfulness of God. I believe that God is faithful. And yet, in the midst of my belief in God being faithful, there have been times where I say, God, where are you? Why would you allow this to happen this way? And how could this, what I'm going through right now, be a part of your plan for me? This season of life has been very difficult for me and for a lot of people that I love within our community. I've heard news after news of devastating things that have happened I've sat with minister friends who are hurting and encourage them and just try to be a blessing to them. I've sat with other friends who have lost their marriage and I'm trying to, you know, just walk them through restoration. People who are hearing a lot of devastating news, things that are outside of their control. And just Wednesday night, one of the worst news that I've heard, as one of our dear friends Life was taken from him in the prime of his life. And after a great service Wednesday night, we heard the news here at the altar, and we just prayed. And, and I went home, and I'm going to tell you, I went home heavy burdened. I went home deflated. I went home discouraged. I went home anger, in anger with visions that were not godly. Wanting to take matters into my hands, even though there was nothing that I could do. And Thursday night, Thursday, I decided that day to stay home. Um, Beforehand, I had planned to stay home. And I didn't know how to deal with all that I was processing. It hit me so hard. And I just began to, I only had one prayer. I only had one thing to say to God. I said, why would you allow this to happen? Why would you allow this to happen? And that's all I could say. And that's the only thing that seemed to ease the pain. I didn't have anything else to say other than, why would you allow this to happen? And then that moved towards, how can this give you the glory? Doesn't make any sense. And I was grieving. I was hurting, confused, angry, fear, all these things that I was experiencing. And at the same time, as I was saying that to God, even though I know better, part of me is saying, How dare you question God? And yet at the same time, there's another part of me who understands more than ever, I need a cleansing cry. I need to weep. I need I need to. Face God with this season, something has to happen in me. Now, what do we do with all that? What do we do when it seems like God apparently has disappointed us? What do we do when life hurts? And it seems unbearable. What do we do when things don't turn out the way that we expected them to? I think David gives us a picture of what we're supposed to do. First, David said, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And day after day, have sorrow in my heart. I think the first thing that we have to do when life hurts, when things don't work out the way that we expect them to, when we're disappointed because we don't understand, is that we have to allow ourselves to be human. We have to allow ourselves to be human David said, How long must I wrestle with my thoughts, and day after day I have sorrow in my heart? David is expressing to God not only a moment, not just an hour, not just 10 minutes, he is talking about a season of prolonged sorrow and loneliness and grief. A season. And this is not talking about, you know, oh, three months, then it's over, but a spiritual season. Where he says, how long, O Lord, will this be the reality of my life? There's grief and sorrow that fills my heart. And the counsel in my mind is making me anxious. David is expressing to God the fact that there's a season of sorrow and loneliness. David is not keeping from God or from the people of God this horrific season of pain and sorrow want you to notice the beginning of that psalm says, David wrote this for what? The director of the choir. So David is not only experiencing his pain and his sorrow and expressing it before God, but he's penning his pain and sorrow to give it to the person who's supposed to lead the choir of God for what purpose? So that they would know how to sing, how to come to God with pain and sorrow. And I got to tell you that as a people of God, we need to know that pain and sorrow and grief and anger and fear, all of these things are not things that God is intimidated of. These are not things that are not of God. They are of God. And these aren't things that we're supposed to keep to ourselves. And we got in a temple here where David writes it down and gives it to the community of people so that the community of people of God would know how to sorrow, how to grieve, how to process things in a godly, healthy way. David is not instructing the choir to ignore the pains of life. He's instructing them to recognize the pains of life. David was human before God. He was human before people. And you and I need to learn to allow ourselves to be human before God and before others. Let me just say this. When I say to be human, I'm not only talking about being broken. I'm not only talking about the fact that we make mistakes, that we have failures, that we have disappointments. What I mean by the fact that I'm saying you need to allow yourself to be human, so I want you to hear this. You need to allow yourself to be who God created you to be, a person made in the image of God. And you know what I see about God? There are seasons where God delights. Seasons where God rejoices. There are seasons where God is angry. There are seasons where God's heart is broken. There are seasons where God has sorrow. There are seasons where God has grief. And you and I are made in His image. It is not being like Jesus to ignore those emotions. It is not being like Jesus to act like we're not touched by life. That's being disconnected from God and from each other. To be human is to be made in the image of God. To be human means that we allow ourselves to feel the range of emotions that come with life. To be human is to learn to cry out for help to the one that can do something about it. To be human means to know, to know that we are in desperate need. Because of our limitations. David constantly wrote about his limitations. He constantly wrote about his need for God. Constantly spoke about what was going on inside. And I wanna pause and I wanna ask you how are you processing life? We know what the culture is doing, culture's given itself to wrong relationships and inappropriate intimacy. We know the culture here in Toledo has given itself to opioids, opiates. We know the culture gives itself to a drink and to so many different things. How are you dealing with your pain and your suffering? Men of God, I just want to speak with the men. Now, just speak as a man, and this is the only reason. I'm not saying that this won't relate to you ladies, but I'm sure that it will. Your house needs you to be a connected man, a man who's connected with his emotions, a man who knows how to take his anger, his frustrations, his fears, his disappointments, his grief to God, and one who doesn't try to hide that from his family but processes it with his family. I'm not saying that I have all the answers to that. I'm just saying that I need to learn how. David was a psalmist. He was able to write it down. Some of you may be able to go for a run in the middle of that run at the park. Allow the Lord to deal with it. I don't know what it would look like for you, but you and I need to allow ourselves to be human and say, Lord, here am I with all my emotions and all that I'm processing. I need you. David was human before God. He was human before others. And David told God exactly how he was processing things. He said, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? And this is what David is declaring. God, you have forgotten me. And that's the only reason this has taken so long. You've removed your favor that you said would follow me. I don't have your counsel, and neither do I have friends who can speak into my life. My enemy keeps winning the battle because you're not standing up for me. I want you to hear that. These are David's feelings when he says, how long are you going to forget me forever? Why do you hide your face from me? How long will my enemy triumph over me? You've forgotten me. You're not standing with me. My enemy is winning. Where's the favor you promised would keep me? David knew that God was a big God and that God could handle his deep disappointments. And we need to know that God is a big God and that he can handle our disappointments you and i need to learn to go to god and say god here's the deal i said i would follow you i gave you my heart i've been obedient what's this mess that i'm dealing with you said that you would heal where's your healing right now said you would provide How is this Jehovah Jireh? He said that you're all powerful. How is me being overcome by this thing over and over again show that you're powerful? Where are you? Where is this God of the Bible? We need to understand that our God is a big God and that we can come to him. We can come to him with our deep disappointments. Let me just say these things. Don't let your fear of crossing the line rob you from intimacy. Don't let your fear of crossing the line rob you from intimacy. Many of us think that if we talk to God like this, you know, God's going to be so angry, He's just going to remove Himself from us and He's not going to bless us. No, 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 no. Come to God with your disappointments. Come to God with your disappointments and allow him to reveal himself to you come to god with your disappointments i remember the portion of scripture where moses was leading the people of god and the people of god were getting on moses's nerves and moses said to god god i had a question did i did i give i have a question did i give birth to these people why are you putting that burden on me why don't you just kill me now so, Moses' words. And God met him in his disappointment. God didn't reject them. Talking about crossing the line, Moses said to God, I want to see your face. Did God reject Moses? He says, You ask for too much. But this is what I will show you. But then later in Scripture, God defends Moses and says, Who are you to speak against my anointed? the man who sees me face to face. Don't let your fear of venting to God keep you from the comfort of God. There's a portion in Scripture where Samuel is so disappointed in God because of what happened with Saul that he is just grieving. He doesn't want to get up. He's just in prayer and sorrow in his room just weeping and weeping and weeping. He doesn't want to move forward. And he stays there until God comforts him. Bible says, God said to him, do not grieve anymore. Season's over. I have another one that you will anoint. And God, used saw uh, Samuel to anoint David. And don't let yesterday's disappointment, listen, don't let yesterday's unmet expectation, don't let yesterday's disappointment rob you of today's miracle. David sinned against God with Bathsheba. He wept and fasted for God's forgiveness over uh, over his actions and to save the life of that child. God had already declared judgment. But David anointed himself and he's moved forward. And what did God do? He provided Solomon, blessed them with a miracle for tomorrow. I don't know how to say this in a way that sounds pretty and that would sell books, or sell tapes of tapes. (laughs) Well, let me just say this. Sometimes in life, there are certain things that we will gain only after severe losses. I'm not wishing that upon you or upon me, but it seems to me that there are things to be gained in the midst of losses. And God is able to do incredible things in the midst of our losses. Paul did say to the Corinthian church, he said, I comfort you with the comfort that I receive. In the midst of his pain and suffering, he received the comfort of God, and now he had something to comfort the people of God with. Maybe what you've gone through, God has given to you so that you can be a comfort to others. Obviously, that doesn't, I'm, not making, I'm not giving you a reason for the atrocities that you may have experienced in life. But I do believe that God can use our pain and suffering and our sorrow to be a blessing to others. He didn't ordain those things, but he can use them if we put them in his hands. David told God exactly how he was processing things. David was real about the situation without God's intervention. David said, look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say I've overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. Basically he's saying, if you don't intervene, I will die in this. If you don't intervene, my enemy will win. And if you don't intervene, they will rejoice over my failure. It's the truth, God. This, this is the deal. If you don't come through for me, this is what's going to happen. My enemy's going to win, and they're going to rejoice, and I'm going to die in this. And I, I want to talk to you as a spirit-filled believer. I believe in the power of the Word. I believe that we have authority in our words. I believe that when Jesus said, that God is going to hold us accountable to every word that we've spoken, is because God is trying to teach us that there's authority in our words. That what we declare, whether we see ourselves as people who are prophetic or not, what we declare has a prophetic anointing. There's an authority that God has given us with our words over our lives and over those that we're called to lead and over those that we're in relationship with. You have authority with your word. And you have to be careful of what you let come out of this. And when you hear something that comes out of this that doesn't line up to the Word of God, then you got to ask God, what's inside of this? And in order to get this clean, you got to get the right sti- stuff inside of here, right? Get your mind meditating on the Word of God so that your heart can soak it in, so that your mouth will speak the right thing. So your words do matter. That does not mean that we don't speak the truth of our circumstances particularly that we don't speak the truth about what we're going through to God. If we're sick, we need a healing. In order to be healed, we have to admit first that we're sick. You understand what I'm saying? If we need God to provide, we need to first admit that we lack. If we need a miracle from God, we need to first admit that we are desperate for him, and without him, there's no hope. And that is not a sinful thing or a faithless thing to declare, you know, God, without you, nothing's going to take place. It's not, a, it's, it's not a, a, a lack of faith to declare, God, unless you come through, this is going to be the reality of life. That doesn't displease God. And we need to be able to come to God and be able to speak to each other honestly How are you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing great. God is so good. I never have a problem. No, I don't. It's not truth. And it keeps you from doing what God calls you to do, which is invite your brothers and your sisters to be a part of the seasons of your life, whether good or bad. Learning to hold ourselves accountable to encourage each other in every season of life. It doesn't mean that we're going to be miserable, allow ourselves to be miserable, and just invite people to commiserate with us without the hope that we have in Jesus. But we have to learn to be church. Church folk have a real hard time being honest about when they're going through tough seasons. We need to learn to be honest with God and with each other. David knew that if God did not intervene in his life was over, we need to live aware of our need of the intervention of God. And to live aware of it. Say, God, if you don't intervene, I will die in this. If you don't intervene, my enemy will win. If you don't intervene, they will rejoice. The last thing that we see here that David teaches us in this psalm is no matter what, David teaches us to hold on to God and not to our expectations. David teaches us that what matters in this life that we learn to hold on to God and not to our expectations. David said, But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. And now I'm going to confess to you something that is very true in every way. For a long time, I served my expectations and not God as a Christian, I gave my life to God, not because of who he is, but because of what I expected him to do. And praise God, he loved me anyways. Praise God, he carried me through it all. And he knew that there was going to be a process in my life where I had to come to give up my expectations and trust him. And it doesn't mean that God is constantly not meeting my expectations it means that God's expectations are greater. God's plan is much better, it's greater, right? And so there's been a process throughout life where I've come to, a, I'm coming to a place more and more where I'm learning the difference between serving God and serving my expectations. And there is a difference between serving God and serving and, and, and just Serving God because I want him to do certain things. So David, basically when he said, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. This is what David is saying. Even if things don't work out the way that I want them to, I will trust you. Peter. Peter did not want to die on a cross. And Jesus said, when you were young, you dressed yourself, you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you're old, others will take you by the hand and lead you where you don't want to go. Peter accepted that. he said, even if life doesn't turn out the way that I want it to, I will trust you. David said, even if my expectations are not met, I will rejoice in your salvation. I think about Stephen. And the great work that he was doing for the kingdom of God. Do you think Stephen expected one day to be surrounded by his peers and by friends and people he loved to be stoned by death? He didn't. I don't believe so. But even there, he rejoiced in the salvation of God. And even if life is unbearable, David said, I will declare that you have been good to me. Think about how unbearable David's life must have been like. Going from cave to cave. In hiding as an enemy. Yet he honored God. And when I think about Paul in the Bible, when he said, I cried out to God three times and I asked him, Take this thorn of the flesh from me, this buffeter of the enemy. God said, My grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. Even if life is unbearable, David said, I will declare that you. Have been good to me. So as we read that psalm together again, as we close this morning. How long, O Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts, and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death, and my enemy will say, I've overcome him. My foes will rejoice when I fall, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. And now I'm going to read this to you or share this with you as God has spoken to me. Lord, this season has been tough. I've been disappointed. My expectations have not been met. At times it seems like the enemy is winning and I don't see the favor, the grace, and the mercy that you said would follow me. I'm heartbroken and I don't understand why you would let this happen or how you get the glory from all this. But I'm going to trust you because I know that what I have in you the salvation that I have in you, that one day I'm going to see you face to face. You promise that you will wipe the tears from my eyes. You promise that one day there will be no weeping and no more sorrow. You promise that one day I will stand face to face with you. And I'm going to trust you. Even if in this life, things don't work out the way that I expect them to. Would you stand with me today? thank you sir and i can tell you here today i can testify i can testify the god that we serve is a comforting god i can tell you that he he won't often, he won't give you the answers to everything I can tell you that there are some things in life we'll go through that we won't understand. But I can testify, I can bear witness. I've gone to God with my brokenness. I've gone to God with my pain and my sorrow. And He has been a comforting God. The difference here today, and I want you to hear this, I know that it's loud out there because of everything that's taken place. But I want you to hear this, please, if you've not heard Anything else today, I want you to hear this one truth. The difference is what we choose to do with our pain, our sorrow, and our grief. We have the right to hold on to that and run away from God. Or we have the right to release it and run into God. What will we choose to do today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're here. You're here, you're here, you're here. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Many of you are here today and maybe you know, you just thought being a Christian meant that you didn't express sorrow or grief or pain or disappointment because if you did, it meant that you didn't have faith in God and you've been basically bottling all that up, not knowing what to do with it. Today I believe that God wants to heal you from that false perspective. He wants to say to you, you can cry to me. You can tell me your disappointments. You can tell me your brokenness. You can tell me. You can trust me with your pain. There's a healing that needs to take place in your heart. As you learn to not bottle that stuff up, but give it to God. And understand that's a part of the Christian walk. If that's you today, right where you're at, would you raise your hand? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Church, would you just do this with me? Just as we release it to God, let's just release it with a breath. Just breathe in and breathe out and take the lid off that thing. Allow yourself to weep, allow yourself to cry, to feel. Healing, healing. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, God, that you would come and that you would teach us how to grieve, how to give you our sorrows, how to give you our emotions, how to lean on you. I pray for healing in the name of Jesus in the inner man in the name of Jesus Christ. Some of us are so afraid because we feel like if we come unglued, we're never gonna get, we're never gonna be able to pick the pieces of our lives again. But it's not our job to pick the pieces of our lives again. This is where you come in. We become unglued. (laughs) And you bring healing and wholeness. Not so that we would be as we were, but so that we would be new. (laughs) Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for healing. Hallelujah. Maybe some of us are here today and you just thought that, you know, you're just at a place where you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision with your pain and with your suffering. You're either going to allow that thing to become your identity or you're going to and, and run away from God or you're going to take all that, express it, allow it to be and run to God, give it to God and allow Him to walk you through healing and wholeness. To some of us it may mean that we seek some counsel. To some of us we just need a journal we need to start writing down these things. Some of us need to have conversations with loved ones. I don't know what that looks like. But I am convinced of one thing. I'm 100% convinced. The Holy Spirit is a good counselor. He's a great counselor. He can walk you through this. Amen? He can walk you through this. If you're here and you're saying, I am going to trust God. I am going to run to God. I'm tired of Allowing this thing to burden me, to define me, to keep me. I'm running to God with this. And I'm entrusting God with my pain, my grief, and my sorrow. that's you, would you raise your hand right where you're at? Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Lord God, here we are and we say, Lord, we want to run to you with our pain and our grief and our sorrow. We say, yes, that's what we desire. And we even have a vision of it. Some of us can see it, just we see ourselves just running free from this thing. We see it, but we confess we don't even know how to go about that. We just don't. We raise our hands in faith, and like David, we declare, we need you to intervene. We need you to come in. And we trust you, God, to bring healing and wholeness. We trust you, God. To teach us how to walk, Father God, with our grief, our sorrow, our pain, our suffering, Lord God. Lord, even right now, we make that decision. We make the decision to run into you, to run toward you instead of running away from you. We make that decision at this moment. Father, I thank you for healing in Jesus' name. I thank you for cleansing in Jesus' name. I thank you for a cleansing cry to take place in the life of many of our brothers and sisters who are here today. I thank you, Lord. And we declare today, even as we pray, you are a good God. You are a good God. We can trust you with our heart. We can trust you with our brokenness. We can trust you with bad news. We can trust you. You're a good and faithful God. We may become unglued, but you hold us together. That's what you do. I bless you, and I thank you for your people, and I thank you for the hope that we have in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. If you need prayers, the altars are open. We would love the prayer team here. We'd love to pray with you. God bless you. Know that you're loved by God. Know that you're loved by God. Amen. Have a good day.